Rafer, were you brought up knowing about this guy named Jesus? Yes, I was. Well, sort of, yeah. What, what, what were you brought up to know about him? I was brought up pretty secular until um, sort of midway through sort of late grade school, somewhere in there, my mother converted to Catholicism. And then suddenly I was thrown into Catholic school for two years. So that was sort of a um, a culture shock, shall we say. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How about you? Oh, I, I was really brought up knowing who Jesus was. I loved the Bible stories as a kid. Ah, uh, okay. What's not to love? You're sitting in somebody's belly and that somebody is a whale. Or right, sure. that body of water. Yeah. Look, you can just, you know, make it go away and walk right down the middle of that river. That's right, the Red Sea. Down, yes, down of course. Down the middle of that sea, you know. Uh, frogs are going to fly from the sky, and sure. people are going to be so mad because there are frogs everywhere. Sure. Well, everyone, lo- everyone loves the plagues, for oh, sure. the plagues are so good. Yeah. Who love doesn't, who doesn't love a good plague? Everyone loves the plagues. So, yeah, I loved all that stuff growing up. I thought it was great. But, um, you know, I'm not the only one. Hollywood has loved the Bible stories forever. Oh, so sure. So many Bible sure. stories. And but yeah. I, but sort, of a, sort of a dead... Um, a, 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 a dead genre, the biblical epic, um, really kind of faded somewhere in the mid-60s or so, and we really never saw, never really got a what you'd call a revival until this year. We've got um, not just Noah coming out and also Exodus, but um, this week's big release, Son of God. That's right. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to also talk about another movie, which has a different kind of savior, you might say. Oh, very clever, Kristen. Very, very clever. <laughs> very clever. That would be nonstop with with Liam Neeson. That is correct. So those are the two big movies we're going to talk about in just a moment. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Day. God show me the way because the devil trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. And I don't think nothing I can do. All right, should we talk about Liam first? Let's let's just yeah. talk about Liam first. Yeah, let's talk about uh, nonstop. So uh, this is uh, another action film with Liam Neeson. We've been seeing him in uh, a few of these lately, namely Taken and Taken Two. And here he is uh, as a U.S. Air Marshal. He's on a, a transatlantic flight from New York to London. Uh, as uh, shortly after the plane takes off, or maybe not shortly, but a little while after the ta- plane takes off, he gets a, a mysterious text message that says, "Unless." million is wired into this account. I'm going to kill one person on this plane every 20 minutes. So now it's up to Liam Neeson to figure out how to stop this mysterious passenger. Here's a clip. What the hell is going on there? The threat is real. I want you to stop doing whatever you're doing immediately. I have a suspect in custody. I need a background check. Seat 24E, Tom Bowen, B-O-W-E-N. You have unlawfully subdued innocent passengers, Marks. I don't have time for this. You called your supervisor before the flight and threatened him. He wouldn't book you an overtime flight, and you said you'd do what you have to do. I didn't threaten anyone. Is that right, Marks? I need to run a full check on Tom Bowen, seat 24E. Marks, damn Now, you're wasting time. Marks, Agent Marks, you are hereby relieved of duty. Do you hear me? In three minutes, someone on this plane is going to die. Do you hear me? I love how you said, now it's time for him to stop. But can he? Because it's nonstop. But it's nonstop. It's nonstop. They even say in the title, it's nonstop. <laughs> it's not called layover. <laughs> it's called nonstop. Um, 
Now, Kristen, do you like do you like Liam Neeson in these roles in these action roles? Oh, I love him. Me I too. love him. And you know what he says in this movie a lot, which he also says in the Taken movies. Listen to me very yes, carefully. Yes, yes. I knew you were going to notice that too. <laughs> Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me. I don't think he says very carefully. I think I think it's I think it's possible that he knows that he repeated that too much in Taken Two, uh, but he does tell people to listen to him a lot. So uh, I, I like him too. Why is it that we like him in these action movies? Because he's not ever been until very recently an action hero. But what is what is it you think is different about him that makes him so appealing? Well, he's uh, very dignified. Yeah. Even though he's a very damaged man in all these movies, he's, yes. he's also got dignity. Yes. And underneath it all, integrity. Yes. Well, and, and he's and he's a he's a big big guy too. Isn't he like six four or six yeah, five? Yeah, he's huge, and he's you know he's and 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 wide. He's pretty you know pretty broadly built dude, and I think he has a real authority to him, and he's also got that great creamy voice of his. Oh yeah, you know, that's got a terrific voice. Um, so yeah, he's really appealing in these movies, and when he's when he's clobbering someone in the face, you really believe like yeah, but. I'd crumple, too, if Liam Neeson clobbered me in the face. He looks like a pretty huge dude. So I think that's really kind of nice. And he's older. I think we like the kind of the, you know, just past the prime of life. Still sort of in that bell curve of your prime, but, you know. I'm not, ex- I'm not going to stop fighting, though. No. I'm older, I'm older <laughs> right. but my fighting, my fighting is nonstop. That's right. He's still got the muscle, but he's got wisdom and experience. I think that's what we like about Liam Neeson in these roles. Exactly. And he always loves his daughter. You know, you you said he was damaged. He's da- right. There's another daughter. There's another. He's always got a daughter. Former wife out there somewhere, and and of course here we also have a uh, drinking problem and a smoking habit. I do like how uh, uh, he winds up smoking in the bathroom of the of the airplane. He frequently. sure does. Like all good air marshals, he knows how to break the law and how to enforce it. That's right. So, what did you? Uh, what did you make of this film, Kristen? Well, I have to start off just saying I loved the premise of this. Great premise, oh, isn't it? Who doesn't love that? Who does not love the idea of you are trapped in a confined place. There's nowhere to go. Right. You can't land the plane because you're over the middle of the Atlantic. Right. There's how on earth is someone going to do? Right. How is someone going to kill a passenger on this plane without being caught? How is that possibly going to happen? It's... Well, we can't really tell the listeners. No, no, no we can't. We, we, we're we don't not going to ruin it. it. We're not going to spoil how. People get killed. So but, you loved the premise. Did you? Did you think? Did you think they pulled it off? I thought that they could have done a better job mm. with it. I thought that sometimes uh, there, there there was suspense, but there wasn't very much action until the end. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Okay, yeah, so all right. A lot of suspense, but not a lot of action until the end. And then when the big kaboom moment happens at the end, it is a little bit like. That's what this was all about. Yeah. Well, right. The the the, ult- when, when, the, the big ultimate reveal revel- is like what? Yeah. Huh? Yes. That's that was that was kind of what I thought too. Actually, it's a it's a great it's a pretty good ride for for mo- for the most part. Like you're pretty into it. It's really fun. The mis- the mystery is there. It's it's the, whoever whoever this villain is is elusive, sneaky. You and can, everybody's a suspect. Everybody's, everybody's a suspect. Everybody's on the plane and the, and the camera's zooming in on them. That's and you right. You see them doing stuff like reading a magazine. Is that a good or is a that, bad magazine? Is that, <laughs> is that a good or a bad Muslim? Right? <laughs> is that a good or a bad man with an angry look on his face? That's right. You just That's can't right. tell. What about the guy in the sleek suit and the little effeminate glasses? Maybe he's the villain. <laughs> what about the guy who takes too long going through security? Right. That's right. One doesn't know. It could be anybody. Could be any of 
of us. So, uh, so, and that's fun. And I think it's mostly pretty. It's mostly pretty fun, pretty well executed. Julianne Moore plays uh, a woman who just happens to uh, sit next to him. Is it her? It could be. What could about be. Michelle Dockery, the oh, yeah. flight attendant the flight from Downton Abbey? What, what about what, Lupita Nyong'o? Like four words in the whole movie. <laughs> Oscar nominee Lupita Nyong'o, <laughs> basically playing, you know, saying please, you know, please stay seated in this film. <laughs> minor, minor role for Lupita Nyong'o. Um, I really enjoyed it, but you are right. Uh, the ending is a bit of a, a head scratcher. I do think <laughs> there is something interesting, and I, I will try to phrase this so I'm not spoiling anything, but I do think there's something interesting in the way this movie handles 9-11. Yes. And I think yes. that is interesting. You might even say daring and a little edgy. And I wonder if it was – I wonder if it will – offend or raise anyone's hackles the way the way that it's used in this film i don't it's hard to say but ultimately i thought this was like a not bad date it's kind of okay i agree with you yeah it was a not bad date i did want it to be amped up a little bit more than it was Mm -hmm. i I thought it could have been just a little bit more taken yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, there, you do get you do get one very good. Um, you get a couple of good a uh, couple of good fisticuff scenes in there. There's one. There's a great one inside the bathroom that has a very born identity uh, Ooh, feel to yes, it. Yes. And then there's a great. There's also a good one that uh, happens. A, a, a nice brawl in the aisles that I thought was a lot of fun. Um, but you're right. It's a little. Um, it's a little a little low on the action quotient, but I think the mystery pulls you along. All the uh, you know what else I like about this film? It's the, it's a it's a thriller that many thrillers these days I find their plots are so upset and and killed by the by the by the existence of the smartphone that they just somehow figure out a way to get rid of everyone's smartphone totally. Let's just pretend there are no smartphones in the world. Let's this, pretend it's 1989. No, this one right. uses it smartly. Right. It's 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 nothing but smartphones. Yeah. And I and I kind of thought that was clever. So pretty good date. Yeah, pretty good date. All right, good. So we agree on that. Yeah. So uh, now, of course, you know when religion comes into the picture, Kristen, there are often disagreements, and so now we turn. Our attention to Son of God. Yes, and this is. A... Do you know the plot of Son of God, Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want to tell us? You You're want... so terrible because you know I'm terrible at giving plot summations, as does every listener of this podcast. You all know I suck at giving plot summaries. I thought maybe you could handle this one. <laughs> so therefore. Gospels in the Bible. One of them is called the Book of John. This right. is John's story of Jesus's life, which is it's a pretty standard uh, telling. We have Jesus being born, and then we have Jesus much older uh, during his heyday, doing things like helping people fish, recruiting his disciples, then dealing with uh, politicians who don't like him very much, and then being crucified. So we we have the full Jesus story. Let me play a clip. He undermines our faith. He recruits adulterers! Peter, turn the other cheek. You'll pay the price for this, like your friends, John the Baptist! I, I, I do think it's important to note that this is taking content from a giant TV miniseries that was right. 10 hours long. Right, the History Channel miniseries, The Bible, uh, yes. which turned out to be a massive hit for it the History Channel. It was hugely, hugely popular. So about 75% of the content of this film is actually taken from that. But right. sometimes when you take a 10-hour movie and try to take two and a half hours out of it, it's going to feel a little bit choppy at certain points, and it's going to feel 
to me, it's funny because the movie is so long. Yeah. But it still felt like a really long movie trailer half the time. Mm -hmm. And it was chopped together in odd ways. And I think it's because the music was always just like, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Every time he says something, every time it's a close up on him, it feels kind of like it's a movie trailer. Like, we're selling you this product so that you can see the 10 hour movie. That's right. kind of how it felt to me a lot of the time. So you thought it was more of a you thought it was more of a commercial for the miniseries? I don't know what it is. I after I walked out of there, I just thought Jesus's greatest hits. Yes, well that's that's the way it felt to me, <laughs> right. and I'm like, yeah, yes. we well, get to that's... see you know loaves and fishes, and we get to see you know very Jesus's greatest hits. Yeah. As opposed to seeing Jesus as somebody you can relate to or Jesus as a human or, you know, you get to hear him lead us in the Lord's Prayer. You get to hear him say, he who lives by the sword shall die by it, you know, slightly paraphrased. Yes, you know, right. You get to hear him say, he who is without sin shall, you know. Cast, well, right. Yeah, but right. again, not quite those words. Not quite it's those not words. not quite the King James Version. Right. But, but, you know, you hear all of his greatest quotes. You see all of his greatest hits. Um, but it just felt like... Here's a good moment. Here's a good moment. Here's a good moment. Here's a good moment. Mm -hmm. But nowhere did I feel like here's a good story or a good character. Right. I think that's because um, this this movie was produced, uh, as was the series, produced by Mark Burnett, the reality television survivor, survivor, the voice. Um, And uh, his wife, Roma Downey, plays Mary, the mother of Christ. Um, Also known as Touched by an Angel. Ah uh, yes, that's right. That's right. So uh, they, I think, have been pretty open about the fact that this is an evangel uh, a, a tool to evangelize. That they that they are proselytizing. There is. I, I interviewed them both just recently. I also got to interview um, Diogo Morgado, oh, who wow. plays Jesus himself. Very very foxy Jesus. I very. Fo- How'd you like him? How'd oh, you like him, Kristen? He was so handsome, <laughs> and mostly he just looks lovingly at you. Yes. He just loves you so much. Yeah. He'll occasionally he'll occasionally do a little a little cock of the eyebrow. He will. And he does a but, lot of forehead kissing in this. Yes, right. So um yeah, did you know he's thirty three, by the way, Diogo? Just like Jesus. <laughs> that was, just that like was, Jesus. Burnett and Downey uh, pointed that out to me. I thought that was kind of nice. Funny. That showed a sense of humor. So but I think they've been very open about saying that this is um a recruiting tool, uh, a conversion tool. Um, they made no bones about that. I think the problem with the movie, to me, is as you were saying, it really is. It really is just a, a laundry list of of the stuff that Jesus that Jesus did that made him famous. The problem is, it's not just a familiar story. It's really the single most familiar story, right? I mean, well, you know, aside from I know there are other religions that are larger than Christianity in the world, but if you're talking about an American audience. There was something odd about the way that the movie, there was something about the tone that that had this, did you know, did you know that Jesus took a a few loaves and a few fishes and fed 10,000 people? Did you know that he raised Lazarus from the tomb? And I kept thinking, I I know. Yes. Yes, I know that. Believe me, I know this story and I don't understand why you're presenting it to me in this breathless, wide-eyed I just discovered something amazing way that, you know, just and just because you hire some okay actors and you put them on a fairly good looking set with some convincing costumes and you put together this production that looks okay and present it to me, I don't understand why that's supposed to kind of knock my socks off and suddenly make me realize, gee, I... 
I don't know. What, what, what was I supposed to say? I didn't. I didn't know. I, <laughs> I, I didn't know about this. Or is it that? Is it that seeing it move across the screen, not for the first time, by the way, it was that supposed to make me stand up and say, I believe, or, or you know, or I, I just I don't understand I, I what it was like supposed it was, to do. I mean. <laughs> I took away from it that it was supposed to be more of a rally the troops sort of movie, not a recruit well, new people. It didn't, well, exactly, it didn't but seem I, that it would ever be successful at recruiting anybody. It, it really did seem that yeah. we're already fans. We love, you know, it's kind of like, let's say you love the Beatles and you're going to watch some sort of retrospective of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And right, that's right. kind of the way it felt like we already, I'm, I'm sorry, I know they once said they were bigger than Jesus. I did not mean to. Right. Oh, don't that, bring that up, Christian. Yeah, just, Good let's Lord. not get into it. But, uh you know, it just felt like it's already for the fans. In other words, preaching to the choir, oh, <laughs> literally, no, right? Uh-huh. But that's what the movie is like. There's, the, you know, there's the there's the guy who's always saying, like, "I don't know if we should, I don't know if we should be following this guy." And then people will say, "Oh, be quiet, Thomas." <laughs> and they, oh yeah, like doubting, doubting Thomas. Thomas. But that actually is doubting. He's not a doubting Thomas. He is doubting Thomas. And it, there's something about the movie that's so. You know, literal, and I think part of the part of the problem is that they were very um, they were very adamant about not interpreting the Bible in any way. And I really think they should have. I think I, that, I think they, I think they could probably have, could have or should have. Yeah, if they wanted to make an interesting story or a new, different, interesting, modern, some kind of relevant, fresh story, they would have had to, and they don't. You know what I thought early on in the first two minutes of the movie? I actually thought, oh, this is going to be a special effects CGI action movie explosion. Oh. Because in the first minute or two of the movie, it says, oh, there have been many great stories in the Bible. There have been people who've, you know, there, there was the oh, yeah. of the Red Sea. There yeah, was yeah, yeah. no on the earth. There were all these things. And they have this great CGI special effects sort of yeah, explosive right. action movie kind right, of retrospective of the Old Testament. And then... And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. This right. is going to be like an action movie. Right. This is, this is going to be incredible. And then it wasn't. And then I thought, well, maybe it'll just be a really great character study. It is not. This is no. not it. This is not. No, no it's Jesus. It's, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not. I mean, I, that, you know, people got very mad about um, Last Temptation of Christ because it humanized Jesus and showed him thinking and feeling these kinds of things that we didn't want. Jesus that 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 fundamentalist Christians at least did not want to think of Jesus feeling um and but to me you know I I understood that this was if this is the son of God both God and human here's the human part and I thought that was really interesting and I didn't feel that was sacrilegious or insulting or um blasphemous in any way it was the human part of this human figure um and here we just don't really have anything like that. Uh, so and we don't have anything to relate to at all. No. And, and I actually, honestly, I have to say, I don't quite understand why people were following him in this movie. It doesn't make a convincing case of why you'd be one of his disciples necessarily. Right. They, I mean, yeah, he does miracles, but he just kind of gets onto your boat and says, come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll make you a fisher of men, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's you're right. They they do. There is some interesting backstory. You do get a little a little more of a sense of how the power structure worked between the you know the the Roman authority, the temple authority, and then the masses below, and mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting. But yeah, otherwise, I guess I would just have to say it's not a very good date, uh, unless of course you are already a, a fervent, ardent believer in Jesus, unless you are of a, of a Christian denomination and you just simply want to see this story told 
yet again. If if not, I just don't think there's much here to pull you into the theater. No. Not a great date. Yeah. I'm afraid I have to agree with you. I don't think it's a great date either. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think we have we have we have we blasphemed anybody? Have we? Are we? I, we ruined everything. We've, we've already I, the Beatles <laughs> preaching to the choir. We've already messed okay. up so many times right. already on All this right. podcast. So okay, um, apologies if we have offended anyone, and we probably have. So we, we've talked about Jesus and we've talked about Liam Neeson. Let's talk about some listener mail. Okay, we got a letter. I should say I got a letter. You dear, got a letter, dear Kristen. Rafer seems really nice. Is he as nice as he seems? Signed, Ellen. That's the whole letter? That's the whole letter, Rafer. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. So Thanks, first Ellen. Of, so first of all, Ellen, I want to say, yes, Rafer is fantastically sweet. And every week when he comes in uh, so that we can take the podcast, except today, he brings me a donut. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, he always brings me an old-fashioned because he's so sweet. And he's just one of the nicest people I've ever known. Always great to chat with. I can still remember the first time we met each other, Rafer, in person mm-hmm. when you came into studio. And I just thought... What a nice guy. Really? Yeah. I know. You're thinking, I thought you were a bitch. No, I never. I, of course not. No. I thought you were cool. I was really happy to meet you. I thought, wow, this is going to be fun. I'm in. This sounds good. So the answer, Ellen, Reefer is a really, really nice guy. Well, that's very nice of you. I'm also petty and resentful. Oh, all of that, too. And he, <laughs> and he has a lot of grudges and sometimes a violent streak. That's true. Sometimes very, very violent. But, um, yeah, that, that's our answer to your question, Ellen. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for writing. People always feel free to write us at facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. And uh, let's get to trivia. Let's. Okay, we have a problem this week with trivia. Yeah. Okay, I, I knew that this was going to possibly be an issue when I was editing the podcast together last week. <laughs> okay. So uh, we had a question uh, because, uh, you know, people with albinism yes. are frequently depicted as villains. And one of the movies we discussed in last week's podcast, Three Days to Kill, had an evil person with albinism in right. it. We decided to ask you, who is the evil albino in a certain movie? We played the following clip. How could you not get that? <laughs> How people? Nobody it, got it right. No one got it. And I know why nobody got it right because who would ever get anything out of that. Isn't that Latin? Isn't he speaking in Latin? That's your clue. It's it's Paul Bettany from the Da Vinci Code. Oh, God. Well, so hopefully our listeners are just smart enough to have not seen that movie, and that's what the issue is. (laughs) Maybe maybe the problem is that our our listeners have really good taste. Yes. Hopefully they have such good taste that they can't do that. That wasn't a terrible film. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we stumped you. We stumped you on the Paul Bettany albino question. All right. So what's this week's trivia question? This week's trivia question... uh, uh, of course, we're going to, since we were talking about Son of God and we've been looking back at all the different uh, biblical uh, films that have been released over the decades, we're going to play a clip. Let's see if we can stump you with this one. If you know the name of this movie, this biblical film, give us a call, 5717-MOVIES. Here's the clip. Try not to get worried, try not to turn on to problems that upset you. Don't you know everything's all right? Everything's fine And I think I shall sleep well tonight Let the world turn without 
Okay, come on, people. Five seven one seven movies. Give us a call, <laughs> or you can log on to Facebook dot com slash Movie Date Podcast. Reach out, touch face. face, face.